In this episode, we're discussing what it means to stay committed. You know, anyone can start something, but not everyone ends up finishing. But the real fruit comes from when you see it through. Welcome to Let's Grow. This is a personal development podcast, and I'm your host, Jeremy A. Taylor, but you can call me JT. Whether it's a short message from yours truly or an interview with a special guest, this is your place for weekly encouragement to keep going and growing. My goal here is simple, to leave you better than I found you. And I know your time is valuable, so let's dive right in. Hey guys, it's Jeremy. Welcome back to the podcast. This is episode 12 entitled Staying Committed. And I'm telling you right now, you are going to be absolutely blessed by this message, this conversation, this interview. I'm hanging out with my friend, Derek Furlow. And I'm telling you, man, this guy, he's got the stuff, the S-T-U-F-F. He's got it going on. He's making moves. And uh, of course, that's why I'm friends with him. Uh, but not just because of that. He's a pretty cool guy regardless of what he does because who he is is more important than what he does. I stand by that message. He believes that as well, which is why he's doing great work because he's focused on helping people grow. But, Derek, man, I'm glad to have you here today, brother. Thanks for tuning in. JT Money, it's definitely a pleasure to be here, and um, I'm looking forward to, to to seeing what value we can give to the people, man. It's always a, a pleasure to get a chance to connect with you because um, – we always in that growth mind state. So uh, it's always fun, man. I, I know I'll come out of this thing probably better than I came in it, even though I was on to be on to, to give a gift and give a nugget. I'm probably going to receive some myself. So I'm excited, man. I appreciate that, brother. I appreciate your time. You know, as I tell people, regardless if they're listening for the first time or they're listening for the 10th time, you know, we appreciate their, their time. And, <clears throat> and I know you operate the same way that time is the most precious commodity that we have. You know, it's something that once you give away, you can't get back. And so I genuinely hope for those listening in that, you know, you find the conversation that I'm going to have with my friend Derek today as, uh, you know, as something that was valuable for you, a great investment of your time. You know, that's our prayer. That's our wish. That's our hope. And uh, we're just going to have a good time as well because we're friends. And uh, but let me make sure I tell you a little bit about Derek real quick. I won't steal his thunder because I'm going to make sure that he shares a little bit about what he does and what's important to him. But. Derek is a speaker, he's a trainer, he's an author, and, and what I like to say, all in all, uh, you know, entrepreneurship, he, he, he makes moves, he gets things done, he's a creator, but at the end of the day, I just label him a difference maker, that's what he does, he's a difference maker, and uh, what I love about his message, and what I love about the work that he does, is that he doesn't just share information that's life-changing with people, but he provides inspiration in the process, because He's a storyteller. He's a storyteller, and he's utilizing his story to impact people around him. And uh, I got to say this also, Derek, before you share a little bit about the work that you've done with your your recent book and the resources that you've provided through What's Next and helping people transition. You know, I, I got to tell people this, that, you know, he's married to a, a beautiful lady. They live in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I'll tell you that I was scrolling through social media one day, and all of a sudden pops up this picture of this cat literally – getting married in Paris. And I'm like, I, I opened up my wife's Instagram profile and I went to Derek's profile and blocked him because I didn't want my <laughs> wife to see that and think I was a chump. 
<laughs> I was like, this guy is out here making other cats look like fools. <laughs> and, oh, all the, and, all, and all the while, Derek, I thought I was romantic. And then I see you get married in Paris. And I'm like, how can I top that? Right. But uh, but either either way, man, I'm I'm so I'm so excited for you and and uh, you and your wife and the lifestyle that you guys are creating and the mission that you have. But tell us a little bit about uh, the work that you've done and uh, the heart of uh, of what's next. Where we can find your book? Just you know, give us a, a little bit of background there before we uh, we get going. Well, well, first and foremost, man. Hey, man, I'm 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 just thankful. I, I had a wife who was thinking. <laughs> differently um and outside the box I'm, I'm not into people pleasing and i feel a lot of days tr- a lot of traditional stuff um it's really more about the people than than the, the purpose of the wedding and marriage so that was something different out the box it was cool and um definitely cheaper than than paying for all the other stuff at the wedding so um now, now that that's word been said, <laughs> <laughs> now that that's been said man i mean um I don't even really know where to start, man. What's what's next? How to transition like a champion was. I feel like it was a, a divine intervention with, with, with God, man. I had this 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 stage for majority of my life, which was football, and it took a period of time and some trials and tribulations for him to make me realize that this thing was really bigger than football. And from that, that's kind of how what's next was was born. And I originally seen that a lot of athletes didn't know what was next for them when they got ready to transition into their life after sports and I was going to be on that same path if I didn't figure out what was next for me and that's kind of how sports life business where they all came together is that that concept of everything that I'm learning in one phase of my life can be took away correlated and carry over to the next phase of my life it's not a I'm just living this life in football okay now I'm done playing I'm just living this life as an adult or as a parent okay I'm now my kids out of the house. Now I'm just living this life as a, as 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 an employee or a business owner. Like all these things come together like puzzle pieces, and they're not individually, but in, in individualized buckets. Man, that's so good, Derek. Because obviously that means that you've subscribed to the idea that what you've experienced, what you've gone through, what you've grown through, can be applied to the next season of your life. But then also, you know. Uh, just as people compartmentalize their lives and they separate their marriage from their work or their sports or their career from being a dad or being a mom, you're telling me that one area of our life impacts every area of our life. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. What what you're going through is preparing you for where you're going to. So at the end of the day, if if you give an a hundred percent effort, like I felt like I was in football, now that I know I can give 100% effort in that, I know I can give 100% effort as a husband, as a brother, as an entrepreneur, as, as a business owner, as a, as a friend. Like I, if I don't, then I'm slacking. So that's who I am as, a, as an athlete. That's who I am. Like It just happened to be with the athletic space around it. But that's yeah. still who I am. So I can't <clears throat> be 100% over here and then be 40% over here. That's, that's, I'm not living to, up to my true potential or who I really am. So once that light bulb went off, it kind of made the game easier for me. It made life easier for me because I understood what I was capable of. I had already done it in one, one arena and I had already achieved it in one arena. Now I got to do Look, all right, different arena, same game. Different mm-hmm. arena, same. So that's, once I had that, when I realized that, man, it just made, it made everything this, that, that we go through in this life game a whole lot easier. 
Yeah, guys, listen, I'm, I'm telling you, even before we get, get into some of this Q&A and this conversation that Derek and I are going to have about, about staying committed and perseverance, and uh, him just sharing a, a few stories and some practical tips of, of some knowledge that he's gained throughout his experience as an athlete, as a business person, and now as a husband. Guys, that's a nugget right there before we even go anywhere. Like, even just in the first couple of minutes, whatever you are going through – is preparing you for what you're going to. You can write that down. You can tweet that. You can Facebook it. You can Instagram story it. That's good stuff. I appreciate you sharing that, Derek. Before we get into a few other questions, I also want to ask you this. Tell us something about you that we wouldn't know about you from simply looking at your online mediums. I'm a, which, I'm which a, then again, is probably why you probably don't share that stuff because you don't want us to know that, right? <laughs> No, I, I actually don't mind, man. Um, it's just, I feel like the, the stuff is just relevant. Like, I, I feel like if I'm going to post, I post with purpose. Yeah. And some of those things is, is hard to make relevant in the particular moment. And it just kind of comes to me when it comes to me. But really, I'm a, I'm a, a kid, grew up with a, in a single mom household for the majority of my life in Southwest Atlanta, who really didn't know I could be more, do more, have more. And that was scared of sirens and police noises and ambulance noises because I heard them so much when I was younger. And honestly, the biggest thing that drove me was the fear that if I didn't change my situation, my surroundings, I'll end up being around and in the same environments that I grew up in. So that fear ended up working out in my favor. As, as a kid. So I would say something that people don't know about me is like, I, I've been afraid. I still am afraid. However, that fear drives my, my hope and my faith. And it's, so it's used, it's, I channel it in the right direction. So when mm. people see me I'm like, Oh, you ain't scared of nothing. This big black guy, you ain't scared of nothing. I'm like, bro, that don't, it, it only fuels me to make sure I get it done. Like, yeah. so in, in every aspect of, of fear and having a, nowadays you see failed marriages it's like oh no i I don't want it so guess what the fear of seeing it around me all right we're gonna make sure we do what we need to do so they don't happen so absolutely that's something you wouldn't i guess you could you could you you wouldn't know about me if you saw you just think oh he's ambitious and driven and 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 all those other things even though it's, it's it's some fuel to the fire yeah i mean you know we've been friends for several years now Derek. we met by way of network marketing we got to know each other I personally feel as if some of the conversations we've had, even as of lately over the last couple of years with the transitions in our life as becoming husbands and, you know, growing businesses and, and really aspiring to add as much value as we can using the gifts that we've been given. Uh, I really feel like I've gotten to know you <clears throat> a lot better because we've had some very transparent conversations. We talked about some successes. We talked about some hardships and uh, you know, just by looking at your social media platform, just like anyone else, it's very easy to assume, well, this guy has it all together or he knows what he's doing or he's absolutely killing it. And uh, the truth of the matter is, is that we have to be mindful of the fact that we're all having this human experience mm-hmm. and life is still happening to us all. And that's part of the conversation I want to have today as we talk about staying committed, because obviously you shared a little bit of your backstory there, some things that you grew up through and how that's You've channeled that energy to, to do the great work that you're trying to do in the world and, and honor God and love your wife and serve others. And uh, but it takes commitment to do that. And commitment obviously is hard. You and I both, uh, you know, really gravitated to this quote once upon a time because our mentor shared it with us. And that was 
commitment is doing the thing that you said you would do long after the mood you set it in has left you. Mm. And, and that's unbelievably true in so many different areas of our life. But obviously a lot of the work that you're doing, Derek has been driven out of the fact that you've been an athlete at a high level. You played competitive high school uh, athletics. You played uh, football at the division one level, right. For the Tennessee volunteers. And I know with some friends of mine who live in the state of Kentucky, they're, 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 they're they're booing right now, but they can get over it. They can get over it. Right. Right. Uh, But Derek was a division one football player at the university of Tennessee. And, uh, and so talk about Derek, what did competitive team sports teach you about commitment throughout your life? Man, the first, one of the first things that come to mind is that it's bigger than you, man. This, this commitment game of committing to, to anything, like you're not just committing to it for yourself, even though you got your own selfish ambitions, reasons, and goals that's attached to it, but you got to commit to it for the, for the overall well-being and doing of the team or whatever you're attached to. Mm-hmm. Cause if you don't do your job, you're only as strong as your weakest man. So if you don't do your job, the team don't succeed, don't prevail. So the end goal don't get met. So when it comes down to it, that commitment, if you're going to be on a team, well, this in off season, preseason, whatever the job is, got to get done. You got to execute it. Cause <clears throat> at some point in time, that's going to come back to show up and it could haunt you. Yeah. or it's going to help you. So, that commitment, man, it, it's, it, it starts, it, it makes you, it, it's kind of crazy because now just working out, it's, 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 I can't not, if, for example, I set a set of reps that I'm going to do, like I have to do them. So regardless of how tired I am, I cannot change the set or change, alter the workout. So now I'm very cognizant of what I say I'm going to do or when it comes down to commitments or other obligations. I really think about what I commit to before I do it because once I say I'm gonna do it, just from the commitment from playing sports, I cannot go change. I can't go against what I don't say because I'm committed to it. Sure, because because I understand the bigger picture and the outcome. So, man, that's one of the first things that it, it, it solidified for me is this thing is bigger than you. So, regardless of how tired you are when you don't want to do it, if if you, if you already done committed to it, like you said, it's 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 locked being locked in on what you said you was gonna do long after that feeling that you said you was going to do as, as this level. And that happens all the time. And that you see that every single day in life when you go around you, when people are quitting on their, on their goals, their dreams, their marriages, their careers, their, their, their kids, or their, their, their hopes, their faith. Like they, they quit on those things because everything sounds good, look good until you get, until you get hit in the face and you realize, okay, it ain't going to be all, all, all cereal and milk all the way through this thing. Sometimes I'm going to have milk and no cereal. Sometimes I'm going to have cereal and no milk, but I still got to keep going until I get both of the ingredients lined up at the perfect time where I can make me a whole bowl of cereal and sit back and relax and chill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, I, I had a feeling that through the course of your your response there that you were going to talk about the fact that we, you know, we live in a culture where quitting is, uh, sadly, it's relevant, and it happens all too often. And this isn't taking anything away from people who have been through difficult situations and circumstances have been had to make adjustments because at the end of the day, you and I both know that through commitment, it requires maybe changing the course a little bit, but that doesn't mean it changes the destination or the goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sadly people are giving up, like you said, on their marriages, on their children, on their work, on their calling, they're stepping away from faith. They're, they're backing down. Um, whenever at the end of the day, the fruit is in the commitment. The fruit is in, continuing to to endeavor through some of these hardships in order to see what you, what what God has for you 
uh, on the back end. And, and a lot of times, you know, as we talk about faith, sometimes we may not even see that. You know, we may not even see that come to fruition. But, but uh, you know, we have to trust that if we've been called to this and we're working in this area and we're moving in this direction, that it, it's for a good reason. It's for a purpose far greater than ourselves. And I love what you said about commitment, about the fact that it's much bigger than you. And that's why the, the, the commitment is required. So what would you say, Derek, is the, the greatest example in your life of what commitment looks like? Whoo, man. Who has been, who, who's provided a great example? Who's someone that you look up to when you think about commitment? So I, 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 I talk about this in my book and, and one, it, it's kind of funny cause I didn't get it then, but I get it now. And one of the, the greatest examples that I seen earlier was my mom when it came down to moving. So growing up in Southwest Atlanta, we moved around a lot. Every other year we was find ourselves moving to a different place. And I had a conversation with a, her um, just yesterday and we was talking about the government housing that we stayed in and there was $11 a month and I asked her I'm like how did you find a place that was $11 a month well she said my I was working with the IRS and I was a seasonal employee at the time so when the season was over we was laid off so I knew I had to move and put us in a better situation and where I could sustain and we can afford it so mm-hmm. that's how I was able to get $11 rent in, in the projects or government housing but what I realized earlier, well, later on in life, we did all this moving and I didn't quite get it. Yeah. So when I reflected back on it, my mom had this refusal to settle mindset. So literally, we'll move into one particular set of apartments. And right when we would get comfortable and the environment was not necessarily the best or the environment to cultivate success or the, what she wanted for her kids, she would move. Yeah. So she moved so much. I found I seen that never settling attitude, that relentless pursuit of a continuous improvement. Mm-hmm. So she was committed. Whether it mean moving every other year, go, putting you in another <clears throat> elementary school, whatever it took to get us in the best situation so she can raise us the best way that she possibly could as a single mom until it got to the point where she moved us out of the city and she finally found her husband and she had help. So that commitment to never settling man, it's probably one of the biggest things that I didn't even know I was learning when I was learning it. And now in life, I'm like, I can't settle because she can settle. So I, I, I had this example that's been ingrained in that won't let me settle for less just because my mom didn't do it at a young age when I was young and I didn't even understand why we moved around a lot. So that's one of the biggest things I've seen that was demonstrated early, early, early that left an impact on me that I honestly didn't never even think about or realize it would until I was older and had a chance to reflect and then just kind of ask questions on why we move so much. And then it kind of all started to start to make sense. That's powerful, Derek. And I know there's going to be so many people that, that can relate to that message and maybe not specifically the details, but you know, we're living in a culture and in a generation where so many people are being raised by a single parent. And now that I am a parent, you know, I've had this conversation multiple times with my wife, multiple times with, with multiple times with with other people in that. Man, I can't imagine what it would be like to raise my son, Miles, by myself. And uh, now that you re- look back and you reflect on that, the, the, the service that your mom provided and the example that she set and just how gritty and relentless she was. Goodness gracious, man, that's that's a powerful story. That's a beautiful story. And I know that a lot of the work you do now is out of, uh, you know, wanting to honor her. And, uh, 
you know, and, and make her proud. So I appreciate you sharing that, D. And um, from a commitment standpoint also, before we, we transition to a couple of other quick questions, uh, share with me what's a, uh, you know, what did commitment look like? Like, give me an example of what commitment looked like whenever you were playing Division One football. How did that look like in your day-to-day life? Oh, man, that's, that's simple because first things first, the commitment of, of getting to the D1 level. I, I, I came out of high school going into my senior year with, with attention, with people looking to have me come to their school. Well, I ended up going – for a hospital visit to have my meniscus scope and end up having my ACL repaired. Well, when I woke up out of that recovery and realized my ACL was repaired, I realized the chances of me getting to college was going to go from 100 to zero really quick. And at that moment, I became obsolete on the football landscape. So all those schools, like the, the Arkansas, the Georgias, the Texans, that had showed interest, they magically disappeared. All the smaller schools, I had pretty much already burnt those bridges. So I was left with, I went from having options to having zero options. Mm. And I had to really figure out, okay, how, how is this thing going to really work out for me? So not knowing what I didn't know, I just decided to rehab three times a day. And I had nine months before summer enrollment. Wasn't sure where I was going to end up going. And I had made my mind up that I was still going to go on a D1, D1 school. So I still had smaller schools that I could have went to, but I had my mind made up and I wasn't sure how it was going to happen. And sure enough, a couple months after the show, after, after the surgery, the season ended up ending, tra- track season coming around, spring comes around. I get a letter in the mail from the University of Tennessee from a place I never visited, a place I never applied to, a place that I had no idea how they even knew about me. And I'm wow. from Georgia. So I watched Georgia. I was a Georgia fan, a Bulldog fan. And I seen Tennessee play once and they was playing against Georgia and I was rooting for Georgia. Yes. Um, and they invited me to a spring game. And I had a chance to go on that spring, that spring game trip, meet the players, meet the coaches. And in that meeting, I had a chance to meet coach Caldwell, coach Slade and coach former and, in my head, I, I hadn't I didn't know why I was there, how I got there, or why I was there. But they said, Hey, D, we seen you on the film against two guys playing against two guys that was already coming here. So we know what type of play, player you're capable of being and what you're capable of. However, we know you're coming off knee injury and we're not sure if your knee is gonna respond to the capabilities that it that it should respond that's gonna make you the player that you that we know that you could be. Yeah. So what we can't do is give you a full ride scholarship right now until we see how your knee's going to respond. And at that moment, I said, that's all I need is a chance. Mm. Sign, sign me up. So at that moment right there, from having options, thing, thinking things was going to be easy, to having zero options, to having to take this alternative path and reprove myself to myself, reprove I was capable to my coaches, and then feel like I had to earn the respect and a scholarship all over again because all my options had been took away from me. That commitment level was as high as it ever been because – I was coming off an ACL injury that normally takes a year to recover. I had nine months, and I enrolled in the University of Tennessee in the, in the, in the, in the summertime with the number one recruiting class in the country. And I had wow. to go out here and earn it every single day. So that chip on my shoulder, honestly, it, it reinvigorated what it's like to fight and wake up every single day to go get it because I ain't had no choice. Like, it had to, it had to work out. It, I had to get that scholarship, and I had to go prove it every single day. And I could not settle – for doing what my teammates were doing because they was already on scholarship. Like I could not relax and chill. Like it was, it was fight or fight every single day. So 
that mindset of commitment, it, honestly, it, it helped moment to have in the day because after that first year, I went back to co- that first that first camp ended. I went back to coach to ask if I could get my scholarship, and they said no. So I, I was like, okay, maybe I didn't do what I needed to do. So I went back, got bigger, got stronger, got faster, learned my alignment, my assignment, my techniques, my plays. And that was that following summer, went back to coach, and they said no. So this is a year and a half right now. Mm-hmm. That fall camp come through. Um, that season goes goes through. That, that season goes through. Um, a good friend of mine, Inky Johnson, gets hurt. I re I retract, re, re kind of reflect on some stuff, and I had a chance to see Ink in the hospital. And um, as we walked in, after he almost lost his life, his right arm was paralyzed. And he was no never any longer to play this game again. He said that he was at peace, and at that moment, I realized, okay, if he's at peace, almost losing his life and never be able to play this game again, I can be at peace with how this scholarship thing is not coming out of my favor. Mm-hmm. And that fall camp, man, I just went out and. and and I, I had this player's prayer that I play, played, and I just said, make it so they can't deny you. And I just let the Lord handle the rest. And that following camp, man, everything kind of came together, and I was able to get that full ride scholarship. But it took, it was delayed two years or two seasons. And by the time I got it, I had grown and matured to be the person I am um, today, or the, the platform had changed, the mindset had shifted. But prior to that, man, that com- commitment, I, I didn't really know what it was until I had to really go through some stuff to chase this, this dream, this purpose and fulfill these goals. Um, for one that I thought I had for me, but the Lord had a different, a mm-hmm. different route for me to, to, yeah. to achieve it. Yeah. Commitment clearly isn't commitment until you see what you have to go through in order to get the desired outcome that you're seeking. And even that outcome may not even be the outcome that you initially planned that it would be. But you don't see that unless you honor that commitment. Man, that's a great story, D. I appreciate you sharing that. And, of course, you you made that Inky Johnson plug, a phenomenal individual, you know, in, in the space of, of speaking and coaching and writing. And uh, his story is is definitely, uh, you know, one that uh, many people know. And, and uh, the fact that you you have a great relationship with him, I, I know that he continues to inspire you and encourage you. And that uh, that friendship that you guys have fostered since your playing days there at Tennessee. Um couple of other quick questions, Z, before we work to close down. How is personal development? Because this is a personal development podcast. We talk about practical ways to keep people encouraged, to keep people inspired, to keep going and growing. How has personal development changed your life? Man, personal person development, person development just kind of gave, gave me the blueprint. It gave me the keys. It was, a, it was a lot of questions that I didn't even know I had until I started reading books and being around people that were, that were thinking at higher levels and thinking – um, from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. So as I started to get into these books and be around different people and listen to different things, it started to help grow my mindset and grow my faith and my belief that I can be more, do more, have more, and that maybe the challenges that I have, I'm just looking at it from the wrong perspective. So from a personal development standpoint, that's, that was one of the best things I've ever taught to start doing is to grow myself. Yeah, because if you're not growing, you're dying. If you're not building yourself up, somebody's tearing you down. So it's like if you're not putting this good stuff, feel this good stuff in, it's not probably going in because nobody ain't gonna put it in for you. So it was kind of like the the, the few for for it's like my my, my mental gym. You, know, you got the physical gym mm-hmm. that I that I worked out in when I played ball, and then as I as as I got my walk right, I got my spiritual gym. But as far as just learning the stuff in the classroom. That wasn't necessarily my my forte, even though I graduated. But when I started, got introduced to personal development. That was my mental gym where I can actually like go in there and learn and get better and 
and fulfill this the power that that resides within within me. Mm-hmm. So now it's one of those places. That's 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 why I get my my mental workout at my mental cardio in that person development, man. Because a lot of times we be so focused on on one thing, we forget about our spiritual cardio, our mental cardio. And we just go to the gym and and work out the body. And this thing is a system. It's a team. If you don't got this thing working together, it, it it don't work. Like you can't perform at a high level if it ain't all working together. And that person development was one of those things that kind of helped fuel the mind, that helped me fuel the grind and, and let everything come together and work cohesively and congruently like it's supposed to, um, which I'm so fortunate and grateful for because I, I, I didn't know that until I was exposed to it. And I don't think it's necessarily taught to a degree. You got to be around the right people or or, or pay, be paying attention to the right thing or following those 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 clues that have been left by success that came before you. I agree totally, Derek. So what would you say to someone who says, I just don't, I don't have the time to read. Like reading isn't my thing. What, what's your response to someone who says, I, I ain't got no time to be reading. I ain't have no time to be reading either until I realized I ain't have no time to be broke spiritually, mentally, physically. And at first I started off listening to audios and then I figured I almost had listened to every audio that I could get my hands on. And then somebody told me that they had all this good stuff in the books. So I figured I'd open up a book. And the more I start opening up the book and getting committed to reading the book, the challenge myself, the more I realized I was able to retain more and, and, and put a lot of those things in action. So for the person that, that don't have time to read, they may not have time to grow or they may be content where they are. So to each is his own. I mean, it is, it is what it is. That's, that's a good excuse not to read. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, yeah. It's like saying, it's like saying, you know, I don't have time to invest in certain, you know, activities in order to develop my marriage. Well, you don't, you don't have time for a great marriage then. That's it. That's, that's it. <laughs> because, because this is what it requires. This is the prerequisite. And when, when someone told me that it's not that, you have to like to read. It's just that you do read. <laughs> that's it. Period. And you ain't got to like it to do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But as you do it, what do you do? You develop yourself. You be, you become a more self-aware person. You you grow in your capacity uh, to apply the knowledge that you're given in, in, in magically deliciously, you develop an appreciation for it because <laughs> you see what's, what it's doing for you. You know, uh, I appreciate you sharing that. So what, what are you currently reading or listening to right now, Derek? So right now in front of me, I got Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion, and that's by Robert Cialdini. And then... Guys, he just told us that he's brainwashing us right here on the podcast. As we speak. That's what he's doing. (laughs) Well, I I, I wanted to know how I'm being brainwashed (laughs) on on the front end, because I I know it's happening. We got too many subliminal messages and things going on around us, so I want to know how are they selling me on these things. Mm -hmm. I try to... think of myself as a person that's um logical not emotional so knowing that we are emotional beings we do act on it so i wanted to learn what the what the big what the big time players are doing in their space and how they're doing it on a on a, on a major level so yeah. that at least i'm aware of it if they go if you're gonna trick me, at least let me know that i'm getting tricked so then i'm aware i'm getting tricked let me let me just learn a little bit more about it i don't want to be incompetent on, on, on my on, on, on the things that I'm doing anyway so that's the book that's in front of me and I also got to the right of me the narrative of the life of Frederick Douglass so mm. try to try to learning to learning a little bit more about history every single day I, I get a chance to realize that it's a lot of guys and 
and women that came before me and I don't want to let their pain go in vain. So it's, it's up to me to, to learn those sacrifices that they went through. So at least I can, at least the least I can do is pay this thing forward and, 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 and leave a foundation to build on that foundation that they already laid for those people that's coming behind me to, to step on, to have some firm, steady ground to step on. That's good stuff. And, you know, you mentioned that as a reminder for me that I should be reading more autobiographies than I do. I'm, I'm really, uh, obviously, you know, that I'm a personal development junkie. I I love reading good books. Heck, I, sometimes I fall in the trap of reading 16 at a time and, uh, I get so fired up about two pages that I read something. I'm like, man, I can chew on that for two months. That was so good. (laughs) And I just go put the book down and just go live life. And I'm like, man, I can't pick that up again because it's going to blow my mind. (laughs) And so, and so it takes me a year sometimes to get through, you know, a book, but, but autobiographies are where it's at. You know, you have people, like you said, sharing their stories, the the experience they've had. And uh, we definitely, we, we failed to realize a lot of times that picking up a good book, whether it be free, whether it be for just a few bucks, whether it be, you know, purchasing a book for $20, $20 you know, you have someone's personal history and the knowledge and the wisdom and the experience and the fears and the failures that they've gone through that can expedite our growth, you know, tremendously. And so, I appreciate that plug there about, you know, the, the historical uh, component there and, you know, just, uh, just trying to expand the richness of your library and the information that you take in. But, uh, what, uh, before we close down a couple of the quick questions, what keeps you so positive and so hopeful, Derek? Man, I I just believe that having a proper perspective, man, I, I look back, I got this perpetual positive attitude just because when I look back and reflect on my life, there were a lot of situations that wasn't favorable, but as I look back and see where I am now, they all worked out in my favor. Like I feel like that once I found that hope worked out in my favor. So to this day, it's like, you can be mad, you can be angry, you can get upset, but that ain't going to help move you forward. And if I really take a serious analysis of and an assessment of where I've been and where I'm at, it all worked out how it was supposed to work out. And now it's like the Lord done blessed me so much. It's only right to continue to, to move forward and, 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 and pay, pay that positive hope forward. Cause it's, it's a, it was a lot of gloomy days where I wasn't sure how. And at the end of the day, I'm looking back. I'm like, I made it through it. I'm still alive. I'm still mm-hmm. here. So now it's kind of like when, when, when good, bad, ugly, indifferent, happy, I, I, I just keep it moving just because I realize it could always be worse. There's somebody out there in the worst situation that would love to trade places with me in this worst situ- in this bad situation that I think of myself. So my perspective is probably off. It's probably a first world problem. And I need to just go ahead and get over it and, and not have this ego and feeling like everything's supposed to go right. Everything's supposed to be perfect because it's not. And, and that right there, man, it, it makes it easy to keep it moving because Good things come to an end, so great things can begin, and the bad days don't last forever. So you just you just keep going, man. You just keep plugging, keep pushing. And uh, me and my brother got this term. Me and my brother and my friend, we got this term. It's called an eight and niner, and that's um that's an eight or niner is somebody that's on a relentless pursuit of continual improvement. And eight to nine times out of ten, when you see them, they're gonna be working on personal development or wait, they're gonna be they're gonna be grinding. They're gonna be working on getting better. So that thought process, that mind that mindset. Honestly, it just it, it keeps me going every single day, regardless of what the situation is. Like, all right, cool. Good, bad, ugly, indifferent. Keep it going. Keep it moving. Get it done. 
and you know what's crazy about that response you just shared? This is this is mind blowing. So I really do think that you're influ- you're you're reading my mind because of what you're reading right now. You literally the ne- the topic of the next episode after this episode is problem or perspective. Mm. 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 Is it the perspective or is it the problem? Ooh, is it really a pro- is it really a problem or is it your perspective <laughs> on the problem? Come My on, goodness, come on, uh, man, that's, that's good. Come on, you, you, you preaching with that one. I, I appreciate you sharing that, D, so much, man. It's it's been fun. I'm gonna close down. I'm gonna give you 60 seconds. I call this minute to win it, right? So literally 60 seconds to just share anything that's on your heart, any any message, any piece of encouragement that you would like to leave for the readers, uh, excuse me, for readers, because <laughs> we've been talking about reading, for the <laughs> listeners. <laughs> but but 60 seconds, minute to win it, you have the floor, and uh, share anything that's on your heart, brother. I just want to give everybody this this transition formula. I've, I've had a chance to use it, see it, and I know it works. It's been tested, proven. And it's for anybody going through any transition, wherever you're at or wherever you're going, because where you are is, is preparing you for where you're going. And it's called a transition formula, and it's T plus C plus C equals ST. So the T stands for takeaway. Wherever you are, wherever you're at, good, bad, ugly, indifferent, what can you take away from it? And once you take that away, you got to ask yourself this question. How did this correlate to where you're at or where you're going? You figure out how it correlates. Once you figure out how that thing can correlate, how it can add value to you or the people around you, you put it in your tool belt. So now the next thing you're going to do is you're going to carry it over. So when you get to the next phase of your life, your business, whatever you're going through, you can take that value add from where you've been. Then you know how it correlates, how it's going to be relative, how you can use it, and you can carry it over to where you're at, and it's going to catapult you and propel you to that next level or those people around you. And at the end of it, that's going to equal a successful transition. So you got the T plus C plus C equals ST. So take away, correlate, carry over, and that's the secret to a successful transition. Man, that's good stuff, dude. No better way to close it down, to be direct, to be upfront, to be honest about literally what has changed your life in the takeaway and how you're applying that to other people's lives. I appreciate that, man. What a teachable moment for us. Derek, as we close down, where can we find the book? You can find the book on at DerekFurlow.com. You can find it at SportsLifeBusiness.com. You can find it on iTunes, on audio. You can find it on Audible. You can find it pretty much on every platform available, audio, ebook or the physical copy, and it's probably already in your phone right now, so go to iTunes and go ahead and download that. That's good stuff, man. Will you guys go out, show my friend Derek Furlow some love, show him some support. Of course, wherever you listen to this uh, podcast, whether it be on Anchor, whether it be on Apple iTunes, whatever platform you're using, share it. Uh, Tell your friends about uh, this particular episode because I know that it will encourage someone who needs to hear this message about staying committed And, guys, uh, we're closing things down. And, uh, again, your time is valuable. Thank you so much for being here. You guys stay fresh, stay blessed. Remember, dreams do come true for people just like you. But to dream is to do. Nothing happens until something moves. And if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. Don't just go through life. Let's grow through life. In this season of life, we're moving into holiday season. So make sure you operate out of a mindset of gratitude and thankfulness. And we will catch you guys next time. Love you all. Hey, thanks again for listening in. 
If you enjoyed this episode and you received some value, could you do me a favor and share it with a friend? If so, I really, really, really appreciate you helping me get the word out about this podcast. As a reminder, this is your place for a shot of encouragement, and my goal is to simply leave you better than I found you. So my friend, I certainly hope that was the case for you today.